Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. All right, what's up? Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to KBN Live. What's up, man? I'm Jeff Mop. We got my partner Ryan Lambert over there. We are your host as always. And Ryan is advertising, I think, tank tops by wearing sunglasses. Is that what you're doing? Uh, no, man. These are my, my boy Cornbread sent me these. Uh, oh. Rays, Rays eyewear. Uh, get them while they're hot, man. They have great fitting caps, too, I right hear. Yeah, so you're actually advertising the sunglasses, unlike our boy did earlier today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, uh, these yeah. are pretty fly. They, uh, I think they say froze all day on one side. So, oh, uh, if you're into that kind of thing, anybody trying to do any day drinking, get you some froze all day shades. You'll be good to go. Heck yeah, man. Hey, we got a couple people in the comments already. Paul Roberts is already in the YouTube comments. And Ryan, I think you slid right out into dinner when Paul joined the show last week shirtless. So, you met on the call in show. I did. I definitely yeah. Recall him slipping in there. Uh, yeah, shirtless with a yeah, with a Donald Duck hat on. It was classic. It was awesome. How did that transpire? Did, was there a story behind that? Or no, he was just chilling, man. He was just chilling. He okay. said he calling in. He said he enjoys the show, loves listening to it. So he just wanted to call in and, and give us a thumbs up. Steve Steve got him to pan down the camera a little bit and show us what was going on. So it was a good time. Yeah, pants on. Yes, he did. But, okay. All right. Well, I don't know. He didn't go that far. Yeah, he didn't go that far. But it, yeah, it was fun. The Colin show was a pretty good success. I thought. What'd you, what'd you think? It was fun. I, I think. Uh, I think we have some people that are a lot more outspoken on their keyboard than maybe you know on on their video call. So I'd like to see some more people jump in on that. Yeah, it was cool. It started kind of slow, and then uh, I think Garrett from California broke the ice for us, and then everybody was calling in. We, <laughs> yeah. we, could, we couldn't get people off by the end of it. So, yeah, it was fun. We'll do that again sometime for sure. Uh, it's been I mean, a wild we weekend. Throw there. the link out for uh, for just regular shows and, and let people jump Ooh. in. Ooh. So that would be yeah. uh, interesting, to say the least. Yeah. Everybody watching, get in the comments and let us know if we should do that or not. What do you think? Should we should we have a link regularly for y'all to click in? It's kind of scary. I guess we don't I would, have to yeah. add them in. I mean, I would like it, but uh, again, I think we'd probably be banned pretty pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a good weekend, man. There's a couple big events. I know we were going to talk about some of that stuff. We had a few things go down on the page last week, so I don't even know where we want to start before we get our guests. For those that didn't see the announcement, we're having Russ Snyders on. Uh, we're also having both KBF winners from Saturday and Sunday. Mr. Rents yeah. and I got a hold of Tibbins late after the, the announcement went out, and he's going to click in, I think, after 8 o'clock as well. So but before then, Ryan and I will. Kind of cover some bases, yeah, yeah. So what do you want to go over first, man? We had some few, few things, few yeah, things I, pop I mean, off on the page and, little, and some of the tournaments. Happened, I think. I, I don't know. We had uh, we had a very kind of heated post, uh, I, I guess you would say that uh, was it Robert Brown and that who who threw that one? Yeah, and I don't know where that comes from, uh, but he his post was summing it up basically online anglers not getting the respect that live anglers get and why is that and why is there so much shade thrown at them and i tried to answer it and got back and forth you did a little bit too but in my mind i don't think by not getting respect does he mean that they don't just get shouted out as much or recognized as much because i don't think people really 
diss them. They just don't talk about them. Would that be fair? And I think I think that might be kind of what. And, and Robert was. I saw him respond to some comments earlier. I'd love to hear his thoughts on it. But maybe that's what it is. Like maybe there's not that much hype around winning tournament that you're. I kind of lost your, your mic there for a second, dude. You all right? Can I hear you now? Say something again. Hear me? Now I can. That's crazy. That was weird. It went all it went all like Max Headroom on us there for a minute. It was choppy. Shit, sorry. My bad. My yeah. bad, my bad. Yeah, no, no, it's all right. It was probably just connection. But but yeah, I don't know. That got kind of heated, man. People were just talking about why do you disrespect us? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? And I don't know that I mean in the post maybe we kind of did, just kind of poking fun, but at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. Live events are the standard and the online events are they're kind of the cherry on top for some guys that do both, but I don't know that they deserve the same recognition. I just don't think they do. I, I don't think, and it's not the, the anglers themselves that the people, you know, are automatically not respected because of that. But if that's all you fish, if that's all you fish, or these online backyard tournaments, then I, I'm not, uh, I don't want to say I don't respect you, but I'm not like afraid of you. Like, anyway, like, <laughs> I don't think, yeah. I don't think you're going to beat, you know, some of the top 25, top 50 really anglers. Uh, in the country, unless it's on your backyard pond, that's the only place. That's that's kind of the stigma, I guess, is in these online. That's where I feel like that's the only place you can fish. And I know some of it is work schedules and potential travel and whatnot. I get that. I do. I understand. But until you prove yourself in these big tournaments on on the national stage against competition, and it's not even about where the lake is. It's who is fishing it because you see guys all the time, like Russ Snyder's, again, just went down to Eufaula and freaking won another major event. He's won them in California, Wisconsin. Like, you know, that stuff you can't say, oh, well, that's his backyard or whatever. It's not his backyard. Like, you know, it's it's <laughs> as far away from his yard as you can get, and he still does it because he's good, and that's why people respect that. Yeah, and there's a, there's a handful of guys that do both a lot and are good at both. But in general, it seems like you fall into one category or the other. I mean, Dwayne Beatty, when he chooses to do an online here, he dominates. When he shows up in a live event, he does really well. There's a few other guys. I think Derek Brundle up north does yep. a lot of both and does really well. But when you've only done one, you can't, like you said, you can't base, you can't form an opinion, an educated opinion off somebody that just fishes online, even if that's the only thing they can do. We're not throwing shade on them. If that's all you can do, that's all you can do. But you can't stack them up equal and say, yeah, I see your turning X stats. You got 30 online top 10s, but you've never been out of the whatever state you're in. There's no way to know. You could probably catch them, but we, we don't know. You can't measure them correctly. Yep. I think that's where if you're talking about building a reputation, that's where it happens is, is in the life. Like it's not, it's not fishing your honey hole. Of course, Florida has giant fish all the time. You know, like that's a thing. Like they, they literally have – management areas where they try to grow <laughs> the biggest bass in the world. And, you know, Florida's a, a pretty good, you know, climate to do that in. Uh, not that, not saying it's not, you know, cold front proof or whatever, because it doesn't get super hot in the summer and you see the numbers start going down. But 
for the most part, 10 months out of the year, you can win a lot, a lot of online tournaments in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that kind of leads us into live events. Although I want to go back. Clifton asked a question about his boys tourney X picks. And then he said, Hey, later on trying to, you know, I think he thinks that I forgot him. I didn't forget you Clifton. I'll throw it up here. I don't know what he's talking about. What tourney X picks. Are you talking, Clifton, are you talking about the tourney X picks that you, you sent me with a bungee over a fish? I'll give him a second to respond to that. Yeah. But uh, live events this weekend, man. Bass, they extended their deadline and it worked. They pulled 100 people that you follow, and then KBF went over 100 on Saturday, too. So two huge events, same day. It is two, two big events. I, I hope that Bass doesn't do any more extensions, though. Like, if you have a deadline, if you have a deadline and you're trying to be respected as an elite level tournament, take your deadline. If you didn't get the numbers that you wanted, you should have promoted harder. You should have pushed this event more. Don't extend the deadline, you know, and let that be the excuse, in my opinion, again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clifton sent some, some photos of a young man from Texas. He was in a Hobie Outback, I believe. And, like, the board and the fish were slanted. And, you know, Outbacks are a narrow boat. They are. The board and the fish are kind of, like, going across the deck of the boat. And the bungee cord from the outback was across the fish. Is that considered a restraining device? That was the question that, you know, that was posed. Ah, I wish I had a picture of it. Clifton, DM me quick. Or Cliff. Yeah, we got Cliff tonight. Sorry. All right. Not Clifton. Cliff, Clifton, it gets confusing out there. I want to see this. I want to see it. Oh, he said that's not it. So which? what is it? What is it, Clifton? Cliff? Shit, sorry, I can't even... I can't keep up with who I'm talking. About. What is it? The one the, he said, the one from Saturday. I don't know. We're gonna pull a a uh, press secretary. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to circle back to you on that one, Clifton. I don't know, man. We need some more info. Post it. Can you post it right here so we know what you're talking about? I don't know. Yeah, send me send me a pic. I'll throw it up here real quick. Um, Damn it. What what else we got? Oh, we were gonna talk about uh, you know KBF had a successful weekend, but I saw some stuff with their uh, NC qualifying spots. They expanded that again for this year's championship. And the, the caveat to that, which is, you know, that's kind of a normal thing. They're trying to grow their field as often as possible, it seems. But from what I saw, you don't even have to be a member hmm. beforehand, before the tournament. You can decide after you qualify. So yeah. pump them numbers, I guess. Is that the deal? Just pump those numbers? Somebody made a post about it earlier. Know. I mean, we've seen it forever. Like, you know, the, I, my, one of my favorite posts I've ever seen was like two years ago. For the uh, the Paris National Championship, where there was like 700 people or whatever, this dude from Arizona posts, "Hey, how do I need to strap my kayak to a trailer? I've never had to take it anywhere before." He fished one day of an online and got a qualified spot, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> come on now! Like for a national championship? Come on, you can't you can't do that. Make him do something. Jump through some kind yeah. of hoop. Who knows something?" Yeah, that that that's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know, but I think I think uh, who's that? Bill to Joseph, I forget the name earlier that posted response to yours about you know what do we think of that and all that. I mean, it is what it is. I think Richard Penny said it years ago. It's the spectacle. It's a huge event. Um, you know, it is for sure. And they're just trying to grow it, pump it up as and big as they can. Know, and it's always been a TV show. Y'all remember? I mean, anybody that's been to one. All right, everybody, jump up and say yay when the drone yeah. flies by. Like you're doing all kinds of, you know, just goofy shit. But uh, overall, that's what it is. It's a production. It's not necessarily yeah. 
about the tournament. Like there's a million people fishing and that really changes not only the lake, but it also changes, you know, your strategy because you may have 20 or 30 dudes on top of you and you can't help it because hell you can't fit that many people in there. And <laughs> I don't <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> so we had a gentleman who got very upset and was coming to my house to, to I don't know what he's going to do, shake my hand or something or something last week or the week before. It was. <laughs> I don't know what that is, everyone. <laughs> that's my boy from Alabama uh, that's coming at me. Uh, oh. Cliff thought that was the funniest picture. I'm not sure what he thought was funny. I guess the way he's holding the fish. I'm not sure. Anyhow, oh, I thought it was like some sort of cheating no, or something. I didn't know what was no, going on. No, no. Cliff, Cliff has a foot fetish, I think. I don't know what. Oh, what well now, to. thanks, Cliff, and you ruined my dinner. I didn't know what I was looking at when he threw that in but there. He was right. My we God. We are not ready. We weren't ready. Not ready. I'll never, I don't ever want to see that again. What do we uh, got next on the list? <laughs> uh yeah in the bass event there was some people that got their fish dq because they were not um covering the tail tail fin or whatever the no, deal was there even the fin at all like it was like the base part of the tail like you know i mean holding the tail to make sure the fin is where it should be and most other tournaments you know that's legal uh you can't touch what what's the funny p word that they call the peduncle uh, the yeah, peduncle I'll, principle. I'll let you say. I'm not going to pick that one up. <laughs> but, you know, I can see that. I can see not, like, you know, messing with the membrane of the fin or whatever. But a lot of times I'll have, like, my finger under the, the skinny part. I'll call it that. The skinny part of the tail to keep it where you want or whatever. Or you know, under the jaw to keep its jaw closed. But, not, I mean, to not, I don't know, to not touch it at all. It's fine if it's a rule, but I think you should probably have like a public post stating that this rule just changed, you know, midstream here or, or you're gone. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's that was, uh, there was some confusion and I do get the fact I think somebody mentioned it. It would be nice if somehow all the major trails sort of had the same, uh, rule standard. I mean, they are vaguely the same, but there's these little little vague differences like that. that can yeah that get people like that. Up. Yeah, they get people like that. So uh, we got some get. Some of our guests are are clicking in. They're getting here a little bit. Early. Oh, not early. Never mind. It's eight o'clock. So they're <laughs> they're about ready to go. Big state yeah. house, and they didn't read the rules. That's true. They didn't read the rules because you're right. Yeah. It was in the rules. Went back yeah. and looked at it after I heard of the whole debacle. It was in the rules with a picture of how to hold the fish. But if we yeah. could get like if we can get some people together, maybe standardize a thing where everybody agrees on something, that would be uh, that'd be pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Two more things before we get our guests in. We don't want to make them wait too long. One, in your post, you said literally shots fired at the Gunnersville oh, event. Man. You want to elaborate on that? So we fished the tournament on Gunnersville Saturday. TVKA, our local club, Steve O runs it. Myself, it's our club. I get a call from Steve later in the day. It was afternoon, I think. And I, I think he's just calling to see how, you know, how, how it's going there. Um, and I'm like, hey, Steve, I just called again, blah, blah, blah. He's like, dude, I need to know what to do. We just had an angler, like, fire a gun in the t 
tournament, like at a basketball. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what in the heck are you talking about? He's like, yeah. He's like, you need to call the cops. Or I was like, probably call a game warden, I guess. I was like, what happened? And he said, well, you know, there was an altercation on the water. This boat cut him off. He continued to cast across the boat. It's like reeling his bait across the bass boat. And then apparently, this is his own story, you know, hit him, hit him with the, with the lures a couple times. They tried to grab his braid. He rips the braid out of their hands. Uh, just all kinds of crazy stuff. They end up cutting his line. And then they're like, we're going to ram you and all this stuff. And they freaking take the boat out and freaking line him up to T-bone him. And as they're coming at him, a pistol on him, pulls a pistol out and shoots in the water. And of course, I put the brakes on pretty quick then. But like, whoa, what kind of stuff is that, man? Like, that's uh, ooh, is there any is there any uh, GoPro footage of this incident? Oh, that's what I asked Steve. I said, did he have a camera running? Did he video it at all? Like, that would be uh, viral for sure. <laughs> you know, th there's always a post or somebody in the group that that says what they would do if a bass boat crossed them. This dude did it. <laughs> oh, he he did it for sure, and without any hesitation. Like, you know. And, and honestly, like that's legally, if they're threatening your life with any kind of, it's the same if you try to run somebody over with your car, you know, at that point, that vehicle becomes a deadly weapon and you have every right to defend yourself. So hats off. Yeah. Wow. Hats off that's crazy. Good job, bud. That is crazy. Insane. Uh, was there anything else we wanted to go before we get Russ in here? I know he's patiently waiting in the green room. We see you, Russ. I'm good. What, we don't have anything else, dude. We good? I think we're good. All right. So we're going to get Russ and uh, Mr. Tibbins is, is logging on as well. So we'll get those two guys in. Hopefully, Mr. Rentsel will chime or JR will get on here in just a minute as well. So give us just a minute. We'll take a quick break and be right back with our guests, Russ Snyder and, Jack, and uh, John Tibbins. Here we go. KBN Live is brought to you by Western Sun Vodka. Western Sun Vodka is a 10 times distilled, award-winning, gluten-free vodka. They are independently owned and crafted in Pilot Point, Texas. All right, we're back. Mr. Russ Snyders, what is up, sir? What's up, Jeff? How's it going, bud? All right, man. Up, we, uh... How you doing? We were Hi from the truck. From, from yeah. the Rust Truck Studio Live. on the road. We were shocked. Somewhere in the yeah, north, uh, east, west, northwest corner of Georgia, right outside Chattanooga, just on my way home from doing some fishing with uh, Jeff Little and Tim Perkins, uh, doing some river fishing. So about halfway uh, home. Got a couple more hours to go. I saw that video today. Do you like we did, yeah. It was kind of tough. We got some huge storms through here, so the river came way up and muddied it up a bit. But we were able to get a few, and uh, I think each of us got, you know, pretty decent one, nineteen incher, somewhere around there, big coosa spots. So, yeah, all right. Well, I don't know if Ryan was as shocked as I was to see you win a tournament again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it. it it's become an old hat for us to win, but the stories we hear every time you do win, we always like hearing the recaps and, and seeing the best guys do their thing. Uh, so, you know, congrats on another W. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, we want to get you to break down what how it came together for you, you know, pre-fishing and then into the tournament day. So how long were you down there this week? Got down there Wednesday night. 
I was hoping to get down earlier, but just had some stuff I had to take care of around the house. Got there Wednesday night, like an hour and a half before dark. And um, yeah, I decided to get, I got out Wednesday for like an hour in the evening, fished around, just covered a little bit of water, got a couple on a buzz bait. And uh, what I do the next day? Next day, next day I struggle. I got up, uh, yeah, I got up really early. And first thing in the morning, there was a, a shad spawn and uh, i saw him busting saw him chasing bait just couldn't get him to, to bite and um it wasn't until i don't know i came into a little tiny pocket just off the main river and i, I got a couple and uh started putting some of the pieces of the puzzle together and saw it was going to be a tough bite and uh made the decision about midday to head to is it lakeside i don't know it's where all the, the bass boat tournaments are out of i told myself i'm gonna you know put myself in an area that that at least I know has fish uh, and then try to work out some sort of game plan as far as see what, what lures are, are working. Um, so I'll do that. I'd, you know, I'd say at least 50% of the tournaments I fish, I at least spend a day or half a day in an area where, where there's a lot of bass boat tournaments, especially if it's a lake like you follow that gets uh, a lot of tournaments like that. And I heard there was a 250 boat tournament, uh, high school tournament the weekend before. So, uh yeah it's that place was pretty stocked up at that point so went there and had some uh <laughs> yeah had some, had some success, retreat, was, yeah that's a good way to i mean man it's a good good thing to do if uh you know if you're struggling and you can't really figure things out or if you have a short amount of time uh to pre-fish um you know a lot of times it's good just to get those those uh you know, those release fish and a lot of times you can just figure a lure, you know, a lure, or a couple lures out or a pattern and then go run that pattern other places of the lake that aren't getting as much pressure too. But so that was my game plan. I caught them pretty good, but they were mostly in the evening. Um, and then see, I went out a third day. I tried to duplicate that, those lures and techniques. I tried to go way up river, uh, find some stuff more isolated and same thing. There's a shad spawn in the morning. I just could not figure out how to get them on that shad spawn in the morning. Uh, able to put a few fish together that last day of pre-fish, but just didn't feel strong enough about, you know, the population of fish that was in the area and, and knew that there was going to be a significant amount more pressure with all the bass boat tournaments going out of there on Saturday. So, so yeah, committed to, uh, told myself just going to commit to fishing for those release fish. That's a yeah. similar, you fished, uh, near a release area on Seminole too, correct? You didn't you fish right there near where we went yes. in that big yep, bay, yep, whatever yep. the basin or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah, that is that's right. right. Yeah, I've done that at um, Sandy Cooper was another one. The KBF. I guess it was a couple <laughs> years ago now. Um, we're so starting to put the puzzle together now. We're uh huh. Figuring Russ Snyder's out. All right, All right. <laughs> making some progress tonight. I think uh, he's throwing everybody off his trail by saying stuff like that. No, I don't believe you, Russ. I'll tell you on Chickamauga. Chester Frost Park and Richland Creek are two of the best spots on the lake. Yeah. And they're overlooked a lot of times by tournament anglers because you think, oh, those fish just sore lip. They're already sore lip. They just, you know, eh, those fish don't care. They're still going to eat. Like they, <laughs> a, a little tiny hole in a fish's mouth is not going to keep it from eating. So don't don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, I had a buddy who just fished a tournament, bass boat tournament at Chester or at, uh, at Chickamauga this week, this past weekend, I guess there's like 230 boat tournament, and he did, he did okay. He got like 20th place, but he was fishing Chester Frost area, and he said it was just packed full of people. 
Oh, a bunch yeah, of bed sure. fish that he found there, found there pre-fishing. Yeah, they get back in the stumps, yeah. man, and Chester is just, it's hammer yeah. time. You just got to remember in general, same thing with uh, uh, wherever I just was, Eufaula. Uh, when I was there on Thursday, there was only a handful of boats in the area, but the parking lot was half empty anyways. And come Saturday, there was three different tournaments out of there, close to 400 boats launched out of that place. And there was a significant amount <laughs> more pressure. Uh, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's the thing just in general. There's always going to be, you know, more people on the weekends. But especially when there's a big tournament, though, that's one thing I always try to try to find out or research or ask around. Like, hey, do you know if there's going to be any tournaments this weekend? Where are they out of? And uh, that's definitely something that plays a part in, in my research before going into a tournament. Steve said to hush hey, about Chickamauga. Have you fished? <laughs> you follow much before? I've never been there, no. But it, it kind of reminds me of Old Hickory. Uh, it's got a lot of... It's like Old Hickory, except more... Uh, they don't they don't have much or any... They have a little bit. Very, very little, like, hydrilla and milfoil. And supposedly, back in the day, that place was just full of it. And the fishing was awesome. And, you know, it's pretty typical. Once they kill the grass, you know, the fishing kind of dies with that grass and it, it's been a lot tougher lake from what i hear the last four or five well, i saw years. brad case made a post about it kind of going downhill and brad's from the area but bill Lowry, who finished third shout out to baby deal for finally cashing a check but uh he said you know he's like dude last year there were like eight or ten 30 bags that were put up like really <laughs> he's really? like the lake ain't hurting the fish have moved but the, you know, the, the fish were stuck. skinny too i be, i mean i had Let's 90 see. almost 92 inches i don't even think i had 15 pounds to be honest they were lots of skinny <laughs> just unhealthy looking fish but they sure were on the shad i mean there's a big shad population hey hey hang on so, so skinny then oh sorry go hey, ahead, hey, oh say so hang on a second y'all we got jr hanging out in the green room want to add him to the stream real quick okay all right do it do it do it we're going to keep talking to Russ, but hey, JR, JR Rents, the uh, Saturday winner from uh, the Potomac. We're going to get to his story in just a minute, but thanks for joining us, man. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, continue with your you follow uh, breakdown there, Russ. You said this fish were looking poor. I know somebody posted a picture of the 24-incher from there that was really, really skinny looking. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them were really skinny. And like I said, I don't, I don't think I had but but 15 pounds. Um I caught, I did catch a couple fat ones. I saw, I'm a right, quick story. I that day before the tournament, I saw one of the biggest bass I've ever seen in my life. I'm pretty sure it was on a bed. I was just on the backside of this island, right off the main channel, and uh, I just looked down right on the side of my kayak. I'm like, "What the heck's that?" And it, it was an enormous bass that just kind of nosed down and turned on its side. It was it was way over ten pounds. <laughs> And uh, I couldn't believe it. And I sat there for like half an hour and, and tried to see. I, I figured the way it moved like that made it feel like it was on a bed. So there's at least yeah. one healthy one in there because it had a big old gut. <laughs> it was so big. So anyway. I don't care how much they weigh, story. but I'd like to find about 10 of those long skinny ones in the fall. It would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We'll be going back there for the Hobie. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't care if I catch 11 pounds in two days, but if they're long and skinny, that would be just fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody told me to turn my mic down. I just did. Let me know if that worked, Chris. Um, so, Russ, I was following the tournament a little bit that day, and it, you weren't at the top of the leaderboard all day unless you submitted late. Did you? No, did you yeah, call up so late? I didn't. Uh, no. So, same thing. Tournament day. Uh, another big shad spawn going on, and 
there was boats just like every every hundred yards there was a boat so the first area i came up on was kind of a transition where channel swing came in uh to a to a bank and there was a flat next to a channel swing and i saw bass just busting everywhere and shad and so i just kind of went back and forth on that and tried i don't know how many lures to try to figure something out i had you know one little one on a crankbait i got one on like a a, a 10 inch worm or something missed a couple one flipping missed one on a frog and then it just got you know as the day went on the sun came up uh, that activity kind of got you know, less and less, there's less shad, less, less, and they started pushing out and getting even more inactive, uh, decided just to put the troll motor on high and just run down the bank and tr just try to figure something out and got a good one, got my big one on a crankbait, a 20 and three quarter. Uh, it was just this one little bank had a little bit of shade still left. It was like nine in the morning. So it had a little bit of shade on the bank. There's just a little bit of a breeze blowing in. Uh, and it, yeah, it was just this little pocket or some grass and, I uh, got one on a crankbait, kept going down the bank and then it just didn't look right. So then I turned back around, you know, knowing that that shade and that wind was going to change at some point. And it's probably 10 minutes later, went back there, got another one on a swim jig. Uh, then again, struggled for a couple hours and, uh, just kept running. I've actually fished all new water, just cut across the other bank. I uh, caught a couple on, uh, there's a patch of cypress trees and I was using my swim jig and got a couple on those cypress trees and I knew there was some more cypress trees in the area. So I just kind of got on Google earth and, and looked and I just started, I probably ran five other patches of cypress trees and would get a couple, couple bass off each, uh, each patch on that jig. That's clutch, man. That's what that is. Yeah, that was awesome. And then, uh, you know, got to hold another blue trophy. Is that number two for you? Number two. The first one was uh, was out at Clear Lake. It was a pretty small field. I think it was only like 60 or something out, out in Clear Lake in California. Uh, but Typical Cali yeah, boys. <laughs> they had a good one for the for the KBF. They had, they had a little better turnout for that. But, of course they did. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so so this one felt good. It was uh, yeah, it was exciting to to get the win at at Ufala. Yeah, it was cool to see. So everybody, well, congratulations, uh, uh, man. That's that's thank awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, that's, yeah, I mean, congrats. It's insane, I mean, really. Like that. If you got questions, <laughs> if you got questions for Russ, throw throw them in the uh, throw them in the comments. People said my mic's better now, so I had to go deep into the settings and figure it out. I don't know what happened. Sorry, sorry for blasting y'all. Um, but yeah, if you got questions for Russ specifically. Put them in the comments, and we'll, we'll get back to him with those. But we got JR in here, too, from Saturday, Saturday's winner of the uh, Potomac River event over the, the second 100 angler event of Saturday, which was pretty cool to see two kayak events pop off like that. So, uh, JR, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, you want to break down how Saturday went and, and what you figured out over there? Um, we had a lot of wind over here. We had a cold front blow through uh, the day before. Um 50, 40, 30 mile an hour winds. Uh, Potomac, I don't know if you guys are aware. I mean, some of you probably know it's a tidal fishery. Um, the wind, it was out of the northwest, so it just completely blew the shit out of the water. Just It just blew it all the way out. Um, so I did a, I was supposed to pre-fish it Friday, but with the wind, I didn't drive down there. It's about a three-hour ride from my home. Um, so I didn't go down there. Uh, did a bunch of research leading up to this tournament. I was going to fish an area called Bellhaven on the Virginia side. 
due to the wind weather, I decided not to fish it. I figured it would be blown out too much of the tide, and I'm pretty sure it was. Um, then I was a fishing area Mallow's Bay. Uh, same thing. I looked at that a little bit more, and the wind would have been another problem. So I decided to go up in uh, Massawoman Creek, which is a tributary off of the Potomac. Um, doing the research, uh, there's a book at, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ken Penrod. He has a book called the Potomac River Bible. If you don't have it and you plan on fishing that Potomac, buy it if you can find it. <laughs> Good luck finding it, though. Yeah. Um, my man goes into detail about every part of that river. And uh, so this specific spot that he was talking about, from point to point, it was a light gravel, pea gravel bank. Um, channel ran up against it and had some wood structure coming off of it. It was kind of out of the wind, so I figured I'd fish that. Um, we launched at 530. I got up to the spot right around 6 o'clock uh, when lines went in. I fished a uh, hundred to two hundred yards part of that uh, bank, and I had two nice hits. Uh, I fished back and forth there probably for about two hours, trying different stuff. I couldn't pick up another bite, um, so I floated down a little bit further with the current, with the tide because we had an incoming tide, and uh, I got down around right where the channel shoots up against the tank and then comes back out again and uh, I had a piece of wood that was coming off I don't and uh, I cast in there by using a spot remover jackhammer and I picked up a 16 inch fish pulled into the bank took my pictures released it pulled back out called another 16 incher I did that and I think in the, for that hour, I end up getting four 16-inch fish and a 17-inch fish. Had my limit in less than an hour. Pulled back out again. There was also a boat tournament going on. So they started around 7 o'clock. So I blocked that spot for the next two and a half, three hours from every boat and kayak and came. <laughs> you blocked it yourself? <laughs> you blocked it by yourself, right? I just... Okay. <laughs> Out you there. didn't have any buddies from Arkansas come out there and block it for you. Right? <laughs> I just, like, I mean, there was no ignorance towards it, but I was not giving that up. Yeah. Um, so once it kind of started to slow down, I'd throw a, I had a Rapala crankbait I was throwing in there and a Texas rig, Berkeley Black General uh, with Blue Flake. And I catch a couple of small ones off at 16, between 16 and 17 inches, nothing to call. And as soon as them boats would get through, or the kayaks, I throw the chatter back back in there. And uh, I'd pull out 17 inch. I was able to call. Got another 17 inch and called another 16. And uh, as soon as it started to slow down again, I'd go back to the crankbait and uh, Texas rig, Berkeley General and catch one or two small ones and then i go right back to the chatterbait again and i'd upgrade again for one or two fish 
I spent two and a half hours, two and a half, three hours there, and I caught. I, and I'm telling you, it was one log coming out there. It wasn't no more than 20 feet wide that I fished, and 20, 30 foot off the bank. I caught right. Ryan knows about spots like that, don't you? Ryan? I like that. I was gonna say I'm I'm loving this story because that's that's how I fish. Like Russ is talking about covering 50 patches of cypress. My ass will find one cypress tree that reloads every two hours and sit on it. Like that's what, that's what I do. Bigger and bigger and bigger with my biggest being 19 and three quarter, and uh, that was all between there eight it is. and. Uh, think 10 30 so i sat there for another hour just blocking that spot i had guys in a boat down for me watching me the whole time and yeah, that's impressive man i was i was so you, worried if i moved there they move in there and they're taking them fish with them so i was so I, I talked to my boy josh evans and he josh yep. cashed a check uh, up there this weekend. Hats off to, to my homeboy but he said that you won the tournament saturday you didn't even fish sunday I had my four-year-old's birthday party Sunday. That's right. He said he said you had to leave, and he's like, "Dude, everybody tried to go get on, trying to go get on your juice, and they couldn't catch nothing." Yeah, they had to find it. I'm yeah, the small spot. That's crazy. That's, That's crazy. hilarious. And you know, uh, Russ was talking about Eufaula's fish looking kind of poor. Those Potomac fish, at least the ones in your pictures, Super were healthy, healthy looking. Oh yeah, healthy. Yeah. They were thick from one end to the other. So well, jo Josh and Aaron White talked about the, how healthy of a fishery that is, and how it usually turns out multiple thirty bags every spring for the spawn. I think it was the wind that kicked them. down the limits. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we had the, the storms that we had come through here. It dropped the temperature. I think before we got there, the temperature, water temperature, was upper sixties maybe close to 70 in there and uh it dropped at about 10 degrees huh. and uh mm -hmm. i mean we had blue sky and wind and it blew that so i had a couple boaters come up past me and they're asking me if i've ever seen the tide out that far apparently it was about a foot two foot lower than what it usually is i'm telling them i've never fished there before i'm like i have no <laughs> JR's like, I read this shit in a book last night. I just came out here looking for this log. What are y'all talking about? He took a knee and read the Potomac Bible, and that was it. That's what we got to do. Wow. Oh, I much. like that. We got, two, we got two champs here reading books and catching retreads and winning big checks. I love it. One title here where I'm at. So I kind of played it the same way I would normally. And uh, same colors and everything. And that might have helped a little bit, but uh, just find that spot, man. They were just, I, I mean, I might choke some of it up to luck. I, I'm, just, I'm not gonna lie, but that's all right. I think everybody that's won one of these big ones, there's a luck part involved, except for Russ. But everybody else requires right. <laughs> a, a decent amount of luck. Uh, I don't think Russ even has luck. I think Russ just wakes up and, and he is luck. But makes his own uh, luck. the rest of us need I'm we need the sunshine too. on a dog's ass every now and then. <laughs> hey, and I want to let everybody know, uh, John Tibbins. I got a hold of him. Uh, he wasn't on the invite today that I put out for everybody to see or the the note the announcement. 
but he is trying to get in the stream. He's having trouble with his camera and mic, but we want to give him a shout out if he can't ever get in here. He was the Sunday winner, but he topped 10 both days. He actually came in seventh on, I think, seventh or eighth on Saturday. Go back to the leaderboard, but then he That's won Sunday. Weekend. So, yeah, shout out to John for that if we can't get him in here. Uh, Did Mike Canelli, uh, Mike Iconelli ever fish it? No, he was supposed to. Well, I, thought, I thought he was going yeah, to, man. I, I checked the leaderboard. To, and I looked at the leaderboard. I'm like, where's he at? And oh, I was I looking. Because that what happened? I looked at the leaderboard and I was like, boy, he got claps on. I'm like, <laughs> he's done. <laughs> uh, I guess something, something else came up. He's, yeah. He just retired from his second, uh, second season of kayak fishing. He's gone now. Yeah. He, uh, um, I actually, I work with his, uh, well, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Greg De Palma, lives over here in Jersey. Mm-hmm. He yeah. fishes the beats. I'm good friends with his wife that I work with. Ah, okay. Uh, hey, and you know, one thing I was going to ask you, Jr. is you know everybody knows Russ by now, uh, but we may not be familiar with you. So tell us a little bit about you outside of just this win. Um, I grew up fishing, just uh, yeah. fishing, hunting uh, since I was young, and I'm doing the same thing with my uh, little one now. I got I got him his first two to three pound bass a couple weeks ago. Cool. He bought and reeled in all himself, but uh, that's what I I'll take fishing over hunting any day. But I just I love it. Yeah. Um, grew up all my life. Moved to Jersey about six years ago. Um, working for I worked for the gas company. Uh, worked in Delaware fifteen years. Moved over here and I'm a supervisor with our operations in the gas department. And uh, I fished some of the Hobies around here. Uh, I was down in Tennessee this year. That was brutal. <laughs> a I great tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I hated every second of that. I still, like, that's not a, that's not a win. That was survival. That was awful. I never <laughs> fished in conditions like that. I mean, I even found 50-degree water. I couldn't even... It, it, that was just brutal. My line freezing up on my reels, my rods, yeah. and the, my uh, my my uh, propeller freezing. I mean, it just it, that was brutal down there. What Absolutely. kind of kayak do you fish out of? Let's go ahead and throw I, that out. Old Town Topwater One Twenty. Old Town. Let's go. Oh, shit. Let's Get go. Out of here. Right? Get out of here. Love it. Love it. <laughs> y'all don't have y'all, y'all have. There's some. There's grass up there in the town of Potomac, isn't there? Yeah. Now, from what I was uh, talking with a lot of people, um, I guess this time of year it should have been higher than what it is, and uh, it's not quite up there yet. Um, same thing. The Chesapeake is kind of the same way. Um, I started fishing a couple of the BFLs this year. I fished the BFL in the Chesapeake a couple of weeks ago. I was actually uh, I was paired up with Riz with Bass University. <laughs> Shit! You might as well go ahead and quit then. <laughs> Well, I, I thought for sure we were to freaking be on him. and Because uh, he had the best university hat on. He's supposed to know everything. Right. <laughs> and uh, we get out in this flat, and I catch one, and then uh, we start working the banks because we weren't getting nothing, and uh, he caught a nice four-pounder. And we caught two small ones after that. But, I mean, same thing. We had perfect weather up until it, and then it just – the freaking weather. I think that's every tournament, though. If you don't, if you don't hit cold front on a tournament, then the tournament director scheduled it completely wrong because you're <laughs> supposed to have a cold front every single tournament. This weather, I really, like, every time a tournament comes up, you get a cold front. Every 
It's just I'll drive twelve hours and still hit a cold front on a tournament. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how how that works. Uh, South Florida cold front, thirty degrees, don't matter. You know, I was having some nice weather and <laughs> man, that was nasty down there. But uh, I guess uh, MAKBF. That's the group I'm with, the local group up here. And uh, oh, good stuff, good guys up there. There are some good. Uh, there's a. Uh, I mean, you got Jay Carsman in there. No, never mind. I, I said some that. good guys. Right I said let's, good guys. Let's talk, let's talk about Aaron White. I'll give him credit on that. You got Alex Bioga. Um, I like Alex too. Alex is a good dude. There's, this is only this is my rookie year with them, and uh, it's a good group of guys. And uh, there's some good guys that fish that. That's kind of why I picked it. Awesome. So. Hey, it looks Which like we got John. Which did you fish out of, Russ? Say it again. Which boat did you fish out of uh, this weekend? I fished out of the the Attack 120. Um, Jeff Little actually is a huge favor of him. I I just got my uh, Torquedo 1103 in and was just like I had a bunch of where I was so many things to get done before this tournament and just kind of ran out of time. But I brought the motor with me and uh, he was nice enough. He was already down in the area doing an event and he drove three hours to uh help me out and install the torpedo and definitely had all the all the tools and all the little accessories to to dial it in right and, and as a re really nice him to, to help me out with that and uh, i tell you what you know i've been running the 403 for a while that 1103 is one badass motor that thing yeah is, you are lying on that it's cool man i I'll, i go like seven miles an hour in that thing but i gotta I lean up take like the six and, a half. and put on something else it ain't built yeah. for that uh, that PA. I want that 1103 no. bad. 1103, yeah, it'll, it'll do it. I get like six and a half, but then I I kind of lean forward on the front of my boat. That <laughs> thing like planes just about. I get seven miles an hour out of it. You look like Kate Winslet on the Titanic, yeah. just laid out on the front. <laughs> yeah, Go pretty back. much. Hey, we uh, we finally got John in here, fellas. John go. Tibbins, welcome, welcome to the stream, buddy. Sorry you had so much trouble getting in. Yeah, I'm not sure. I was having some issues with my mic for some reason. For some yeah, we, we had some comments saying, wait till we hear what you wanted on Sunday. So we want to hear that story <sighs> in just a second. But somebody asked Russ in the comments, do you fish as fast as you did in that video today, throwing that swim jig or whatever it was <laughs> down the bank? Pre-fish, yeah. You know, if I'm going, I was throwing a buzz bay. We were out filming yesterday out on the river. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, on the bass boat, you zip from one spot to the next. But in the kayak, you know, you have to motor all the way over there and, uh, a lot of times, even if it's kind of a dead looking area, an area I don't really want to fish, I'll pick up a buzz bait's a great lure for that. Cause you know, that's like a lure where you're going to try to hit a target. And a lot of times on a buzz bait, you know, you throw it by a lay down. It's always in the first, you know, couple seconds, most of the times when they come up and hit it. Uh, so I'll, I'll move along pretty fast and every, you know, any target that looks really good, I'm not going to pick it apart, but you know, if something looks decent. I'll, I'll make a cast at it and really fly and then once i see something that you know if i get a bite then i'll slow slow way down but um especially pre-fishing sometimes in a tournament using a tournament i already kind of know what i want to what i want to do but pre-fishing if i'm going down a strip i want to fish you know on tire creek arm and some of the stuff this doesn't look good i'm not going to waste my time i'm gonna i'm gonna just cover water but might as well make a few casts in uh if you have you know if you can yeah I don't know if any of you guys have ever fished with Dwayne Beatty, but that's how he fishes all the time. Yeah. Without a mo even really? without a motor, just full speed pedal no casting. Yeah, Dwayne fishes fast, buddy. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we got John in here, man. And and John, we gave you a shout out earlier for top ten in both days and winning on Sunday, obviously. Um so we've been, we've been waiting to hear from you. Break it down for us. How'd you get it done on Sunday? You didn't go find JR's spot, did you? I, I did I did not. I did not. I wish I did though. I heard about it. I figured everybody was gonna try to get to it. So I just said I'm just gonna go back to what I know and Friday I found some fish during pre fishing and they were all pretty much on the same pattern. So I stuck with that on Saturday, but like you said, everything got blown out. Tide was low. Everybody was looking for water. So I had uh, probably 20, 30 kayaks all in the same arena with about five or six bass boats all day. So I'm sure they stole a lot of fish from me on Saturday, which kind of hurt me, but I just grinded it out, went back Sunday, did the exact same thing, threw a coffee tube on an eighth ounce jig head and just started dragging pylons. And they just kept filling up wow. over and over. That's I'm from good. Connecticut. I'm from Connecticut. We have a lot of rivers, mostly the Connecticut River, but that's usually small. You know, the tube is overlooked for a largemouth lure in general. Oh, kind of a kind of a throwback. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys. There was a lot of guys in the area throwing jigs. I saw the wacky worm. I saw I saw the drop shot. I saw it all being cast at the same pylons that I was casting at. That's crazy. That's awesome. And the tube. Yeah. All right. They you and they all they all stayed on that outside pylon. There was nothing on the docks. They were all on that single pylon. Nothing on underneath the docks. Nothing on bunch of pylons. It was single pylons by themselves. Wow. And did, did that hold for two days doing the same thing? Yeah, it was. It was there Friday. I hooked three fish on Friday, and I said, "Well, that's good enough." I put a trick worm on. I went back up a couple more docks. Flip, flip the end pylons, got a couple more bites. I said, okay, let me go to some covered docks just to make sure. Went to covered docks, and there was nothing on the covered docks at all for me. Well, that's awesome. How big Everybody was the area you were fishing? Um, I was down uh, Aquaquan Creek. Um, it was the last, last marina, you know, before the mouth of the creek. So I was like, whether it's low tide or high tide, I'm going to have water. The end of the docks were all in 10, 12 feet. So I knew that I was going to have water once it all got blown out by the wind and the low tide. I mean, the tide seemed like it came in for like an hour on Saturday and just never got any higher. It was did you fish there before or was this just kind of, no, did you read that, a book about it or what, how did you? I did a that? lot of research and, you know, every, everything said, look for grass, look for grass, look for grass. And during pre-fishing, that's all I did was look for grass and there was none, zero. I couldn't find a clump of grass that was even worth casting. I caught six bass in three days pre-fishing. It was, it was just all random, random fish during pre-fishing. And then Friday came and they were all on that last pylon. I said, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to live or die by it. That's crazy. Way to clutch that out for sure. So I got That's two good. questions for you. Are you fishing out of the autopilot? It looks like yes, another, old town, another old town a guy. AP one twenty. Yes. And then tell me about those pants you got on there. Those are fresh. Oh, those are, <laughs> I, I get, I get a lot of, a lot of grief about it. I'm not going to lie. You know, everybody, those are my fishing PJs. You know, I told, I told all my roomies that I was staying with, I was staying with Derek Brundle and Conan and Ryan and I who finished fourth both days. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put my PJs on and I'm going to get them today. <laughs> Bro. And I put, and yeah. I put my PJs on out there. You know, I had my PJs when I finished fifth, at Murray, so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll with them. 
Heck yeah, are you going to come fish the Hobie on Hartwell? Because if those if those pants are made of spandex, you can join Queen City right now. <laughs> Queen City kayak fishing. Yeah, no, I don't plan on doing that. I got to go to Candlewood at the end of the month for the next KBF event. And then I might run up and do some of the elite stuff in the Northeast. There you go. All right. Where's that? Where's that put you in their angular of the year standings with two top tens back to back? You got to be sitting pretty. I'm um, I'm tied for third. You know. Okay. I got I a lot of heavy hitters was you know, like Snyder income. You know I didn't see Corey there. I didn't see you know Christy wasn't there. So I had a lot of I had a lot of help not being with you know the heavy hitters and all of them not being there. Hey, all you can do is beat the guys in front of you. You, you did that, that. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You did that. Uh, so oh, now we got we got three winners on here. If you guys got questions, throw them in there, and I'll try to throw them up on the screen for you. Let me go back and see if I missed any. Tony, with, with that tidal water, if you can find that consistent, like you were saying, um, mm -hmm. foot depth where it kind of can, stays consistent with tidal water, yeah, I mean, you really found something. You got to find that where it stays almost three foot, four foot, five foot, that consistent depth. You found something if you can find that on a tidal waterway. Yeah, and I mean, I caught everything. I caught catfish rigs. I caught carp. I caught snakehead. Yeah. I caught catfish. I mean, everything was in the zone. I heard I that from more, a lot of guys. It more, fun. more fish, more fishing to. line than I've ever caught in my entire life anywhere fishing. <laughs> I mean, it. Was, I've got. I mean, I thought I was getting bites every time in my line. We'd just go sideways, and it would be somebody's fishing line running down the side I love of the dock it. or God, something. God, I love that fishing line feeling because oh, it fights I, back. You're really I, like I, it's fighting the whole time. I caught somebody's time. rod and reel combo. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, this is unreal. Dude, I caught a loose speed spool on a Shimano rod Saturday when I was fishing, <laughs> uh, and it felt great the whole time. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, they swallowed it. They weren't even like swiping at it everything was down their throat yeah yes i i saw one fish on a bed that i caught it was only like 16 and a half inches at dead low tide i saw a guy sunday try to go set up on it i'm like this water changed from yesterday there's no way you're seeing that fish yep no way randy, i mean randy i could barely Creason see it. wants to know have you had any issues with the autopilot uh n no i haven't yet you know i haven't had any issues that's my next purchase you know, I, yeah. I love I, I love being able to stand up and move at the same time. You know, that's like that's it. I was able like during pre-fish. I looked for spawning fish for like four hours, you know, mm -hmm. just standing up and looking because I was in a spot where it was kind of clear and the water temp was in the realm of where they could possibly be coming up. So I went and looked for four hours during pre-fish and standing up and just having the drive on. I mean, the torpedo is faster. I'm not going to lie, you know, but. It's, it's kind of tough to stand up and go. So I, yeah. I think the torpedo is covering water. Like it's for yes, running for sure. spot it's, to spot. Yes, I mean, there's not yes. a question on that. But yes. the, the autopilot or even the motor guide option on the, you know, people put on the front of theirs, that's for fishing. To go out and spot somewhere or to run a contour line or something, that's yeah. that's for active fishing. I mean, torpedoes so for fishing too. What's your trade off? Yeah, torpedoes for fishing too, as long as you have foot steering. Correct. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, you gotta have the foot That's very true. Yeah. Yep. But I, well, the standing the up, I think, line, is the what spot helps. Spotlight feature yeah. is clutch for me because I, I mean, I love fishing rivers and moving water, and that's something that I for miss sure. uh, with the torpedo on on a on a hobie. I, I can go to pedals, that's fine, 
but like fishing out of my bass boat, like just a freaking hit spot lock and sit right there on a current seam and, and, you know, make 20 casts. That's, that's, uh, that's definitely hard to beat. And I fished out of an old town this week for my first time ever. Jeff, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> it, it was all right. I wasn't mad. I wasn't too mad at it. I, I forgot about probably. I had a beard hair fall out, and I had to flip the drive up and clear it out of the clear it out of the pedal drive. Uh, but you know that that was that was a small point. But I mean, seriously, you got a fifty-five pound head on that autopilot and some horizontal rod storage. Hey, hey, hey! And you know what, John? You said something that's kind of underrated. Everybody thinks of spot lock and fishing offshore and all that kind of stuff, which it's great for that for holding your position, but the standing and fishing shallow and being able to stand and flip and whatever and adjust your position with the remote in your hand is nice. That's my favorite thing about it. I mean, I, I stand up, I can turn, I can spot lock, I can get away from the boat, setting the hook. I mean, there's a lot of things that I can do standing up still fishing versus, you know, yeah, I could put it on and sit down and steer with my feet. Yeah, that's, that's fine. You know, I can do that, but standing up and being able to do it. I mean, that's what really tops it off for me. Yeah, this this was nice. I definitely can see that being the advantage. I mean, that's like a mini bass boat. Like I'm honestly like that's probably as close as you're gonna get. You know, I'm usually talking to all you Hobie guys, so it's nice to talk a little old town on here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I had a PDL. I still have my PDL. You know, I I still have that, so I still use that in the ocean quite a bit. Oh, there's hey, we this got a cool few... thing that I like to fish around home, and it's called grass. So yeah. we can't have a conversation about any of that with you all time. Hey, so I'm not... we, I, I got grass here. You can come anytime. Hey, I got a few questions. It. Got a few <laughs> questions way back in the comments. I'm gonna try to get to them before we run out of time and 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 uh, have to shut this thing down. But both of them, the first two are towards Russ, and they're kind of the same. I'll put them on the screen. Uh, Randy Creason Creason asked, "What's your favorite swim jig?" And then Blake Knight followed it up with, what's your favorite swim jig trailer? We demand the juice. <laughs> you willing to give uh, that up, Russ? I make my own swim jigs. I get the heads uh-huh. from Cast Industries. I tie them all myself. I have several different ones that I use, from an eighth ounce to three-quarter ounce. Uh, some of the trailers I like is uh, Rage Menace, a Skinny Dipper, a Little Dipper, uh, Kitek. Uh, Zoom Super Speed Craw, not the Ultra Vibe, but the Super Speed Craw. Uh, I've used the Chunk, the Zoom Super Chunk. Okay, so all a variety. Nothing, nothing crazy. No. Uh, we got another. I'm gonna. This is for Russ, but I'm gonna ask all three of you the question from Clifton Allen. Any advice for a local legend when venturing out <laughs> onto the national scene? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> any Any three yeah. guys got any advice for him? Oh man, <laughs> John, Jr., anything? Clifton's an old town guy. Uh, number one, put some gas in the truck. That's what you need to do first. Get your ass out of Texas. Come on. I was gonna say, <laughs> show up would be a good start for number one. Yeah, that that is definitely the first step. Oh, so I'm just not even going. <laughs> I see his Wait, we... his post on there. Wait a minute. We got Cliff and Clifton both commenting. What's going on here? Is he logging out and logging? Are they literally two people? I'm so confused. We got two devices going. Yeah. Cliff, do you know what to do, man? Just just travel out and go catch him, Cliff. Is it more like his alter ego, or how does that work? Yes. No, they're both alter egos. 
There's some <laughs> normal person out there leading a life, and he's both their all egos. Yeah. Uh, another question. Uh, wait a minute. Is Matt putting out a signature series Russ Irod? And what's your favorite Irod? There is a signature series uh, Irod coming out. Oh. And it's um, yeah, supposedly going to come out here in the next couple months, probably. So uh, it's going to be a seven foot five. It's like a seven foot five is kind of between like a medium, medium heavy. It's going to be designed for, uh, it's called Russ's, the Russ's Reacher. It's going to be for making long casts with like lighter lures. <laughs> and <laughs> shut up, Brian. <laughs> I came up with it. In one All right. <laughs> We never thought anything of it, and then one person had to make some smart-ass comment. <laughs> Anyways, so it's going to be called How much Russ's is it? Reacher. It's going to be for throwing small baits, long distances, covering lots of water. Uh, it's going to be good for throwing like a small top water on busting fish. Uh, it's going to be a good rod for a swing head. Uh, it's going to be a good rod for a chatter bait. Uh, anything where you're like, just making long casts and, and you know, it's going to have a soft enough tip to cast those lighter lures, but it's going to have, uh, you know, it's going to be a longer rod so you can, um, yeah, really pick up some slack when you need to set the hook on the end of the cast. How much do you charge for that reacher, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I believe it's, it's a Genesis, uh, it's going to be the Genesis 3, so I believe it's 150 bucks, 140, 150 bucks. Fair price. Um, all right, I got I got some change, bro. I'm gonna holler at you. <laughs> You're gonna like it, I'm telling you. I got one. It's good. <laughs> Everything you say to him now is just. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> how, how big are your hands, Russ? Can I? Pretty oh. big. If I put them close enough. <laughs> smooth, right, right. smooth as well. Oh my, we've gone off the rails we again. Can, we can Shocker. end this now, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> We probably just uh, we probably did it there. <laughs> oh, that was that was awesome. That was it's funny because I didn't. Yeah, anyways, I didn't think of it. The first, the first, first, like the tenth person I told, you know, they had to make a, a comment about it, and then I went back to Matt and Paul, Paul and they're like, I'm like I didn't even think of it like that at all. So, anyways, <laughs> it's gonna be. Uh, oh oh yeah, it's it's gonna be a seller, man. That, uh, I think so. Right, so. sounds, it like, sounds like a good right. deal. Any, anything else for any of these guys before we before we wrap this thing up? It's Whoa. been a fun show. I'm glad we finally yeah, got John on. Thanks for sliding here late, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It worked out timeline wise. I think I think we planned. Yeah, that. that's what we're gonna say. We we planned. yeah, they all kind of just uh, fell into place, just just as we we hoped. <laughs> we, yeah, Always I, does. I jumped on a uh, Drake Pro Staff this week. Who Drake? Oh, heck yeah! Congrats, man. All right, man. Congrats. So, yes, uh, sir. Hey, they got some good stuff, so uh, check them. Guys, would yeah, they they run all the uh, the mossy oak the mossy oak yeah. fishing uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. We stuff. we can't go. We can't end the night without showing this. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Lunch money, Lambert got a W this weekend too. Tennessee River, you better get get uh, get on board with that train. Yeah, I like that. Oh, hey, one more question for us. Bob asked, "Do you throw a normal buzz bait or with a buzz toad on it?" Uh, usually just with a skirt. 
some just uh, the skirt. most right. times with the skirt sometimes i'll throw a toad on the back take off the skirt and put a toad and sometimes i'll take off it's like really clear water like spotted bass i'll i'll just uh i'll just put like a little tiny swim bait on there with no skirt and i'll do that too cool all right well man what an awesome show that turned out to be we appreciate all three of you guys taking the time i know you got to be wore out after a long weekend and, and rush you're down there filming but uh, that was fun, and and everyone on the that in the chat from YouTube and Facebook, we appreciate y'all with some great questions and helping me with my mic. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, guys! Thanks for thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Everybody, have a good night. We're gone. Take it easy, Russ. We'll, we'll talk to you in about two weeks at Hartwell. All right. I'll see you up there. <laughs> have a great night, everybody. <laughs> cool.